Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I hope you are having a great week and hopefully a nice spring wherever you are. The weather here is becoming nicer and nicer and I'm very excited. I was out on the boat almost all day yesterday, tinkering around and getting things organized and unpacked and Yeah, it was great just to be out on the boat for a bit. So I hope that wherever you are, you're getting close to that point as well. Um, If you're up in the north like I am, potentially you have your boat winterized and uh, in another month or so, you're going to be looking at uh, getting it out of winter storage. And uh, if you're down south, then lucky you. And I'm jealous. (laughs) And uh, hopefully you're out sailing and not tinkering around too much on the boat. So get out there and use it. Uh, Yeah, so as usual this week, bringing you some tips and tricks. Uh, This week specifically, I'm going to start talking about mindset and some of your goals and how to action those goals. So um, I talk a lot about having a plan. I like to break things down into steps, but I don't think that I have really spoken much about uh, a goal and how to approach your goals. So for me, um, whenever I set a goal for myself, and I'm using the term goal kind of loosely, Uh, What I'm really doing, though, is I am setting up my plan of action, because if you don't take action, then that goal is only ever going to stay a goal. It's going to be something potentially far-reaching that you can't figure out how to get to, Um, and unless you start creating some action and some things that you can do to achieve and to um, get to that point that you want to get to, uh, you potentially will never get there. So today I'm going to stay on the theme of uh, docking that we uh, talked about last week. And I'm going to give you some uh, kind of active things that you can do to attain the goal of becoming better at docking or not necessarily better at docking, but just more confident with your docking. Uh, that's an area that a lot of people will struggle with. And a lot of times they will get into their own minds and they will worry about things that never even end up happening. I can't remember where I heard this particular statistic, but apparently most of us spend our time worrying about things that are going to happen and about every, let's say out of 33 things that we worry about, one of them potentially might actually happen. So we're a bit of a worrying sort, I guess. (laughs) So uh, let's try to get out of that worry spot and focus on how we can improve our skills, increase our confidence, and just become more comfortable out on the the boat, sorry, uh, specifically in this case when we are docking. As usual, please make sure that you like, share, follow, uh, all that good stuff, this podcast, so that uh, you can continue to get updates whenever I release an episode, and also to share it with other boaters who may also find this information valuable. 
All right. So the first part of this uh, goal, putting your goals into action that I'm going to talk about here, specifically with docking, um, the first action or active thing that you should try to accomplish and try to become more confident and comfortable with is handling your boat under power. So on Spindrift, for instance, I have an OMC sail drive, which is kind of an inboard outboard hybrid gas, two stroke, easy, pretty straightforward motor. The thing with my motor is, well, it's as old as my boat. So it's uh, 42 years old now. Uh, so it has all kinds of quirks and your boat, your motor will also have its own quirks, whether it's an outboard an inboard, um, whether it's gas, diesel, they all make different sounds. They have different feelings. And I don't, I don't mean like emotional feelings, but the, uh, for me, the pressure on the helm changes depending on, uh, what, what my propeller is doing. So, um, you will start or you should start to get to know your boat while it's handling under power really, really well. So what I am talking about here is basically when you get your boat, whether it's for the first time, or maybe you're just starting now and going to start over with some of these tools that I'm giving you, uh, take your boat out and play around with different speeds going straight. Uh, whether you're in forward and then try in reverse as well and get a really good understanding and a really good feel for how the boat handles with the variable speeds. So how quickly does the boat pick up speed? How slowly or quickly does the boat slow down? Um, prior to me pulling out Spindrift a couple years ago and doing a full bottom, uh, I refared the whole hull brand new bottom paint, bottom coat. I even painted the hull, whole nine yards. Prior to that, um, it would not take Spindrift very long to slow down. So when I was coming into the dock, it would, you know, she would slow down relatively quickly within probably two boat lengths. I could stop the boat um, when I wasn't going very, very fast. And now that I have this super sleek, clean hull, <laughs> she likes to just keep going. So that was something that I was a little surprised at how different the boat handled um, after she got a good scrub, got a good cleanup. Um, and I also changed my prop from a fixed prop to a folding prop. And my folding prop is much smaller, much lighter. Um, so that also gave me a completely different feel. So I basically had to go through all these steps and redo myself, um, getting comfortable again with the boat and docking under power. So don't think that this is something like a one and done kind of thing. This is something that is going to be an ongoing process for you, uh, and definitely something that is worthwhile doing every uh, season. So back to where I was going is first thing that I do is I grab the boat, I head out under power and I maneuver the boat around in forward and in reverse. So I will do a figure eight. I will, you know, put the tiller over to starboard and I'll turn to port, just, you know, play around with how quickly I'm turning, slow down a little bit, um, just to find out and just to get a feel again for how the boat handles and how the boat feels while under power. And one of the biggest things that I am looking for in this case is my speed management and how, uh, like I said, how long or how short or how quickly the boat will come to a stop or slow down. Now, obviously this will differ if you are in different uh, types of weather. 
So again, this is something that you should play around with and practice when you are um, out in different types of weather. So try when it's really, really windy, try when it's really calm. Maybe you've got some weird gusts going on. Murphy's Law, whenever I bring the boat into the dock, the wind always picks up. As soon as I'm in that final approach, I've got the boat perfectly lined up. It's in neutral. It's coasting in perfect speed. Of course, I'm going to get a gust of wind. (laughs) It's the way Mother Nature works. Um, So having that extra layer of comfort and knowledge of how your boat handles in different different wind scenarios, different currents potentially, definitely if you're in a tidal area or out here in the Kootenays, we have a few narrow spots where there are um, actual marinas and places for docks uh, that have a lot of current. And it's it's kind of, uh, it's quite quite challenging and quite uh, significant, the current that we have sometimes. So that's definitely some of the different things that you're going to want to play around with in the different wind and weather conditions. So once you have gotten your uh, maneuverability and your boat uh, speeds organized, and you have a really good feel for that, the next thing that I want you to tackle is your crew positioning. Um, And what I mean by this is basically how are you going to organize everyone on your boat to help you uh, when you get to the dock. So having a look at how many people you have, how many dock lines uh, you have, where you're going to want people to step on and off of the boat safely. So hopefully you've taught them how to get on and off safely at the shrouds or if there's another safe spot uh, spot on your boat. (laughs) Spot. Um, And basically at this point, what you are doing is you want to have your crew set up and ready to go so that once you are coming into the marina, everybody is in their place and they know what they need to do. The goal here is to avoid having any last minute preparation going on, any last minute movement on the boat as well. Depending on the size of your boat, you will notice a big change or um, a big, um, I guess movement is the right word. But when somebody moves on the boat and shifts their body weight, the whole boat will move as well. So especially if you're on like a 24 foot boat, if one person walks from one side of the boat to the other, that will uh, definitely change the momentum of the boat. It will move the boat and you will feel it on the helm. So if you are on your final approach and you're heading towards the dock and somebody's like, oh, I should actually be over here and they move over, that might throw off your approach. So what I would like you to do is when you are outside of the marina, uh, what you're doing is you're having a look at how many crew you have who on your crew do you think is capable of stepping off the boat uh, safely without getting tangled up in the lifelines, uh, any sheets, stepping down onto the dock and you know getting caught on a cleat, uh, all that kind of stuff. So you're having a look at who your crew are and where you think they're, they would best serve you uh, when you're coming into the dock. So one of the things when I do when I'm docking, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, is I always bring my dock lines with me. So I will keep my dock lines uh, with me. And when I'm getting ready to head back into the dock, 
I have my dock lines cleated off on my T cleats. They go through the chocks. They're all set up, ready to go. And then I have my crew, whoever is available to help me, depending if I only have one person or if I have three, uh, they will be standing at the shrouds, ready to step off onto the dock as we come into uh, our slip. So that's something to think about as far as who do you have available? Uh, what is your docking setup? You know, how many cleats do you have? Um, do you bring your dock lines with you? And the reason why I bring my dock lines with me is so that I always have control of the vessel. So when I step off of the boat onto the dock or my crew in this case, they have a dock line ready and they can maneuver and manipulate the boat with the dock line. And they're not uh, grabbing the tow rail or the lifelines or stanchions and trying to physically depower the boat or anything like that. Me, while I'm on the helm as the skipper, my job is to make sure that the boat gets there um, at a a safe speed. So nobody should be trying to, you know, grab and stop the boat or any of that. But inevitably, everybody tries to. Uh, but at least in this case, they have the dock line. So the way they use the dock line, they can put it around one of the T cleats on the dock. And then they use that leverage to slow down the boat. Because Spindrift is, you know, she's a hefty lady. She's 27 feet and about 6,000 pounds. And once that momentum is going, um, you know, you you're not going to be able to slow that down. So, um, and the goal really is I use the motor to slow it down. That's my job when I'm on the helm. So, so have a look at who you have available to you on the boat and think about different scenarios. So what would you do with one crew member? What would you do with two crew members? Uh, how would you do something different with three crew members? Maybe with three crew members, you introduce a roving fender or you have a boat hook that you could use um, to, you know, hook onto the dock or push away from the dock. So there are some options there, but the key here is to have everybody organized ahead of time um, so that everybody knows where you would like them to be standing. And hopefully they're in their final position so that when you're doing your final approach, all you need to do is focus on getting the boat into the dock. You're not focusing on explaining to Fred how to step down onto the dock from the boat. So you kind of want to set yourself up for, for success there by making sure that all of your ducks are in a row. And this is something that I did or I do all the time, but also, you know, in Croatia, for instance, we were doing Mediterranean mooring. So we were coming into the marinas in reverse and we were reversing into uh, slips in between other boats and trying to avoid the, uh, I call them the slime lines <laughs> that come off the bow as well. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty high stress time for you as a skipper to be maneuvering a boat that's potentially new to you. So our boat was new to me. Uh, my bow thrusters weren't working and I was, you know, maneuvering into these smaller, tighter slips. So I would always brief my crew ahead of time, say, okay, you know, Bruce, you're on the bow line and Caroline, you're going to be on a stern line. Shauna, you're on the other stern line. Chanel's a roving fender. And then basically we'd walk through the expectations. I'm going to reverse down the middle of the, the marina so that we're heading. I like to just be prepared um, outside of the marina. So I would reverse in. Some people will do a turn within the marina. Um, so then basically reversing the boat in, 
I'm going to get us nice and close. The marina staff, they're going to pass us the slime line and then stern lines go on, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just doing kind of a briefing with your crew ahead of time so that again, when you're actually are docking, you can focus on the act of docking and managing and manipulating the motor and all that stuff and not have to explain to your crew what they're doing, where they're going, or have any last minute uh, rushing around on the boat that is unexpected. And my final action item for you to uh, think about and work on is um, different scenarios or different positionings of the boat. So I've talked about maneuvering and manipulating the boat under power, making sure that you're really comfortable with forward reverse, how quickly and tightly your boat turns, all that kind of stuff. And then I've also talked about your crew positioning. So making sure that you have uh, briefed your crew ahead of time, you know where everybody should be uh, or they know where they should be so that there's no kind of last minute movement on the boat that might throw off your approach. And the final thing is to think about the different boat positions in different conditions. So this one is a little more, um, I guess, cerebral and a little less hands-on. If you can practice it or you're willing to practice it in different scenarios, great. But really with um, doing your motor practice and having your crew properly briefed, you should be able to dock your boat in all, all different conditions. But the idea here is to kind of wrap your head around some of the different scenarios that could pop up um, so that you have thought about how you would react to a scenario. So I'll give you kind of an idea of some of the things that pop up at the last minute that you might have to deal with. Um, let's see. So for me, uh, my motor, my spindrift motor is notorious for uh, cutting out uh, when I am in neutral and at a really low idle. Really doesn't like idling low, so I know I need to adjust my spark plugs when, when she starts to die on me. But you could be heading into your uh, slip and your motor dies. So what do you do? At that point, you're having a look, okay, do I have enough momentum? Is my heading correct? Can I get into my slip without my motor? So that would be my first preference. A lot of times I don't bother restarting the motor. If you cannot get into your slip without restarting your motor, then you are going to restart your motor. And depending on what your setup is, that may or may not take a long time. So for me, I just need to turn a key, make sure I'm in neutral, turn the key, and then my motor starts up. For you, you might have to, um, if you have an outboard, you might have to turn around and start pulling on the um, outboard uh, cord to try and restart it, your starter cord. So that's a little more involved for sure. So at that point, depending on when and where the motor dies, you might be looking at trying to pull a UE to head back out away from your slip to start the motor and then make your approach back in. So that's one kind of scenario of, you know, the million things that could go wrong, but that's a very common one. Uh, so have a think about that and you know what would you do based on where your boat is located in relation to your slip the next one that i would think about is um crew safety so sometimes people get really excited and they scramble around um, when you're coming into the dock and you've got people who are trying to do some sort of leap of faith off of the boat or whatever so me, whenever I have people on the boat that are getting ready to step off, I let them know my job is to get the boat 
close to the dock. If they're not comfortable stepping off, they don't step off. I don't want anybody trying to jump off of the boat, especially. Um, and I don't want anybody uh, trying to stretch themselves further than, than they can go. So one other scenario sometimes is you'll have somebody who will misjudge the dock and they might fall on the boat, they might fall off of the boat, they might fall into the water. Um, So that's another scenario that you need to think about is if somebody trips, uh, maybe they trip over the lifeline as they're getting ready to step off, they lose their balance and then they fall and they land on the dock, let's say. So if they land on the dock, then uh, you can continue to bring the boat in provided they're not in danger and uh, dock the boat and help them. If they land in the water, between the dock and the boat, that's definitely a different scenario. And you will want to be thinking about reversing out of there so that they are not in danger of being hit by the boat or stuck in between the boat and the dock. Um, So that's another one that happens. I often see people kind of misjudging the uh, finger dock or the distance and then they're stepping off. And then now the skipper has a whole other can of worms to think about as well. So that's another scenario. And basically the idea here is, is to just get your mind thinking about um, what you would do in different situations. So the goal with being prepared as far as having being comfortable with the boat under power and then being comfortable with how you've organized your crew, that frees you up to solely focus on the docking and then to focus on anything else that might come up after that. So uh, I don't even know, it could be like, you know, your, your crew steps off with the dock line, but they don't notice that the dock line gets wrapped around a cleat as they're walking forward on the dock to help bring the boat in. Right. So now your dock line is caught on the cleat. It shouldn't be caught on and your bow starts to go in, your stern starts to swing out. Like there's all kinds of different scenarios that could happen, but, uh, hopefully what you have done is you have practiced the base stuff. So the, um, the basics of securing your vessel, getting your boat into the dock, and then you have space to, uh, think about and react to some of the extra things that could happen. So I'm going to wrap up this episode here and hopefully these action items have helped you um, feel a little more confident in some things that you can do to um, be more comfortable with your docking. It's one of those things that the more you do it, the more you um, learn because you step outside that comfort zone. When things go wrong, when you are faced with challenges, that's where you grow and that is where you will learn new uh, tricks and new skills. You'll grow your skills as a boater. So the only way to get better at docking is to dock and to do it over and over and over again. And so the best way to prepare yourself for the various docking situations is to work on some of these action items that I talked about. So handling your boat under power, being very comfortable with how your boat maneuvers, how it responds, how your motor responds. My motor, like I mentioned, if I'm at a low idle for a while, it's not very happy and it will cut out on me. So that's something that I know um, as one of the quirks of my boat. 
making sure that your crew is organized and in their positions. They know what's happening, uh, getting everything organized early so that there's no last minute shuffling around. And then that opens up the space for you to focus on the docking and then to focus on any unexpected things that come up. So hopefully those uh, tips have helped. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next week.